1: college circuit
0: speaker jesse mogul welcome back my friends to college success habits i am your host jesse mogul and it is an honor to have you for the next 30 minutes today i have a special treat for you i have the dean of enrollment services dr jasmine rise coming to us via zoom this is going to be a really great conversation between the two of us She and I have already gone off multiple times on some really great topics. Uh, She's already plugged in. This is going to be really fantastic. So let me go ahead and introduce our guest today, Dr. Jasmine
1: Rice. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much, Jesse. I appreciate you having me on. It's It's an honor. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor Mm -hmm. to have
0: you. We have Our first conversation was an hour and we were just riffing off of each other. I swear one day we're going to get in an RV and we're going to travel around the country and we're going to introduce the country to us. Um, It would be a fun time, I have to say. You have been at the College of the Canyons for quite some time. Give my listeners a little bit of a, a background about the College of the Canyons. It's up there in Santa Clarita slash Valencia. Um, and just give you know give them a little bit about who you are and why you chose that school for your career.
1: You got it. So I've been at College of the Canyons. This is my 19th year here. And um, it's been a growing college since the day I got here. We've been putting up buildings, performing arts centers. Um, we just have a dynamic staff, dynamic students, and we're always um, on the go. And I think that's what's attracted to me to stay here is that there's no um, repetitive day. I don't have to have the same day every single day because this college just we adapt to whatever the students need us to adapt to. Whatever the community is looking for, we go after it. So we are in Santa Clarita Valley. We're a bedroom community off of northern Los Angeles and uh, our. Sanctuary's claim to fame is our is Magic Mountain. That's right across the street from us.
0: Love that place, um,
1: right? <laughs> so, um, I started here as a wee lad, and um, <laughs> I was I was like ten when I started here. You know, because I'm definitely not old, and so I I wanted to um, stay in college forever. I absolutely love college. I um, feel like it's just where I'm meant to be, and. I love the thought of higher education. I believe in the mission of a community college here in California. Our mission is that we take the top 100% of people in our community, in our state, in our country, even international students. We want to serve everybody. Um, We believe everyone should have access to higher education. So uh, I live and breathe that. I, I think that everyone should get that opportunity when they want it in their life, whether that's right out of high school, while they're in high school, when they're 90, whenever you decide you're ready to come to college, we're ready for you. So, so yeah, that's why I chose to come here and work here. And that's
0: awesome. I mean, nineteen years at one institution. And I concur with the not wanting to leave college thing. I stayed yeah. there
1: for I stayed for twelve years,
0: and then then I started up a whole podcast and a book <laughs> and a speaking thing because I'm like, you know what? What when was my life awesome? We yeah, got college. I'm gonna yes. go back. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. They're the greatest years. They're the. It's so fun because while you're in it, you feel like it's such hard years, and then when you have to leave it, it's like, oh, I don't want to leave that. That's the best. So uh, it, yeah. so I didn't want to leave. So. Thanks why not? Why not stay in college forever?
0: You know, I reference this in the book that there's no place you'll ever find than a college campus that has a higher concentration of people looking to learn new things, better themselves, right. and really get themselves set up for the life that they've always, you know, dreamt of. Mm-hmm. And you, you can go off and no matter what city you find, you won't ever have that, the, the density of people looking to better themselves on a day-to-day basis is phenomenal.
1: It really is. And it's just, that is one of the greatest things about a college is not only are you learning while you're here, but you're setting your life up and then future generations of your family's lives by coming here. So it's one of the few things in life that you could do that you're going to change generations after you. So I think that this is, it's just a great opportunity to be part of a person's life who's going through this. So yeah, I absolutely love it that is
0: fantastic. Yeah. Do you you know when we were talking about we had all this sort of planned out of what we were going to do until we started to talk about your dissertation. Yeah. <laughs> <And all these laughs> topics coming up and because a majority of my listeners are coming from the millennial generation. Mm -hmm. I really want to dive into your dissertation, which was called Retaining Millennials in the Workplace. Mm -hmm. And diving in to what that means, like what are these millennials going to expect when they get into the workplace? And because they are dealing with a lot of boomers in charge, us Gen Xers are just now getting in charge. And What's that going to look like for them?
1: Well, you know, one of the things that I really focused my study on was um, the high turnover rates. We see that... uh, Millennials and Boomers, we we see this now with the OK Boomer, um, which I happen to say almost daily to my boss is that there, you know, our sights aren't the same. Whether you're an extra or millennial, um, we, I don't know. I'm talking globally, stereotypically. We believe in the greater good. We want to make sure that we're helping every um, aspect of our environment, of our community. We want to make sure that what we're doing makes a difference. We don't want to just you know, punch a clock. That's not really what it's for. Uh, I always say I work so that I could have my life. I don't, my life is not my work, but it's a good thing. I absolutely love my work, right? So um, in my dissertation, it was really about, it all boiled down to just being a genuinely good person and being thankful and appreciative of the work that millennials do, That goes a long way. It's not that millennials are looking for the title, the money, the, it has to be mine or my way or the highway type people. It's that I genuinely want to be appreciated for what I do and that I contribute to the greater good. So that's all it boiled down to was everybody should just be appreciative of what is, of the work that's being put in. And then one of the things we talked about is how that relates so closely to college. For a millennial to really be successful in college for any of us really, because it can go across, is that we're not just a number going to a campus. We are an actual human that the faculty, the staff, that everybody who they interact with at the college cares about them, wants to see them succeed, is there for their common good. So um, I think that that's one of the best things that a college can do is to accept that student who they are in every way, the whole person, and then, you know, really genuinely care that they, we want to, to succeed. Right now, life is so hard and it's getting very complex to go to college. So if we're genuinely happy you're here and we genuinely want you to be here, you're more likely to stay, retain, and graduate, reach that goal that you want to. So I think it's so intertwined now um, that that, one-on-one feeling must be there.
0: And we even joked about how hilarious it is that we have to be reminded that people like to be shown (laughs) appreciation and they like to be told they did a good job. Like you can't tell me that boomers didn't want that back in the day. Exactly. I loved your
1: point. They
0: they do. And and I loved your point. So touch upon this about how you say they call it respect. And they they, they think that we're all a bunch of hippie tree huggers who want trophies for everything when Mm -hmm. it was their idea to give us trophies for everything.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So (laughs) I love my boomers. I absolutely do. But they really do want to be appreciated for their work as well, but they call that respect. I've earned it. I've earned it. I've been here long. I know what I'm doing. You should automatically appreciate and respect me. You, and then they turn around and look at millennials, Gen Xers. You have to earn that. You have. I can't. I'm not going to tell you that right off the bat. You have to earn it. Earn that respect. That is so counterintuitive to everything that. That a human being needs to be, you know, you go back to Maslow's. So you, you gotta at least give that foundation down and make that person feel welcome and give those basic needs to somebody. So yeah, they wanna be appreciated just as much. And and they accuse us of wanting trophies for everything, but they were the ones who handed us the damn trophies. <laughs> they were the ones who went and engraved them.
0: <laughs> yeah. And we, we, if we if they had not said here's a trophy for finishing eighth place, we would have just just been like, okay, we, don't we would have trophies. just gone home. We just <laughs> gone home. Uh, I still get I still get ice cream though, right? All
1: right? right cool. Are okay. we gonna go over and get pizza afterwards? <laughs>
0: <laughs> During your research for this, mm-hmm. did you notice anywhere that you could foresee down the road it becoming a problem? Like, I, one of the things I talk about in my book is that that Gen Xers and boomers are no different than millennials. Each generation before thought the other one was the problem. Oh, they, completely. Right. And so yes. then the people are like, well, what is going to happen when millennials get in charge? And, you know, they're all, they're all lazy and they don't, they're unmotivated. And then, yet yeah, I see some of the hardest working people. Oh my gosh.
1: Being yeah, millennials, I totally so. disagree with that statement of them being lazy and whatever. These are the most brilliant. This generation is going to overtake us by far. The millennials will. And Z is on top of it you know, the next generation coming out. So I have no problem with them being in charge.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, they, they need to learn basic management skills. Of course,
1: skills. we all did. You know, yeah. we all had to.
0: I think but, that's what's forgotten is that we all had to learn. It's like, yeah. You wouldn't yell at a baby for falling down when it tried to walk. You just feel exactly. I once had to fall down too. This isn't paying your dues to fall down. If they didn't ever have to fall down and they were still able to walk, you'd be happy for them. I don't yeah. know why we can't still do that when we get older and, and yeah. encourage rather than discourage.
1: Exactly. And that's exactly what we need, what both would needs to happen in the workplace, but also at college is that you need to see, I need to see my role and my staff needs to see their roles as being those mentors, those people who will help somebody who is stumbling through the college system. Let's say that, you know, you need to do a petition in the admissions and records office and you walk in to do that. You don't want to be met with a person who's like, how did you end up in getting this where you need a petition. You should have done it right the first time. No, you want the person who's going to go, no problem. Let me help you. Let's walk through this. This is what you're going to need. And this is what's going to happen next, you know, so that you feel comfortable. You feel like, wow, they saw me for the human I am and that I need help right now. So it's every little piece of college is all about building that support and isn't that what we're trying to teach anyway by getting a degree that whole general education practice is about making sure that you're a well-rounded person that you have those critical thinking skills so we need to make sure that the college is doing that for the student so that they can then become that person to do that for the next person who comes behind them right it's right it, just it giving forward. back to that society
0: yeah absolutely so so we 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 understand that the college needs to accept some you know culpability, some help when, when it comes to the student. Where would you say that the student could start to accept responsibility for their actions and the results mm-hmm. they get from those actions, so that they can show up in the office prepared rather right. than confused?
1: Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that um, we talk a lot about at at College of the Canyons. Um, my the vice president I work under has always taught us that we're not customer service, we're student services. And that's, there's very difference that happens in that relationship between customer service and student services. Customer service, the, st- the customer is always right. In student services, it's not always the case because we have a lot of laws that we have to say no to. We have you know, things that the student has to make sure they've done in order to receive specific information or specific classes or anything like that. So we really run under the student services model where the student has to meet us and we have to meet that student to where they are as well. So I always talk to students about having that ability to ask for help, reach out when you need it, right? A lot of us are very shy about that. We don't want to look stupid. We don't want to look like we don't know. But how would you know? How would I have ever thought that you would know how to navigate a college campus when you've never done that so in our campus we have a welcome center set up it's a round desk right in the front right at the very first building you walk into with a huge sticker that says ask me because we really do want you to ask we want you to reach out and ask that question that you're too scared to ask because we don't know how to help you without that so that's one of the big things is being that responsible person saying no you know what i want to go to college I don't know how, so I'm going to walk in and ask. I don't know how to do this or this petition. I'm going to ask about that. And not asking in a derogatory, mean way to the person who you want to help you. But right. definitely, yeah. <laughs> you know, when you're trying to reach out for help, don't be mean about it. <laughs> but I am lost and it's yes. your fault. Tell me where fault. I go. <laughs> Tell me now. So I want to make sure that students have that, that uh, agency to be able to help themselves. But at the same time, know that, they have a kind-hearted person on the back end who wants to help them, right? right? So that's where that relationship comes in. And,
0: that's, and, they, and I really want all of my listeners, all of y'all out there listening to know that there is help for you Completely. When, when it comes to your education. Let's slide a, over to, to a parallel with the mental health, because I've been covering oh, a yeah. lot of that lately. I, I've been calling the last three or four episodes mm-hmm. the, the winter doldrums. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important that the college students understand that even if you're at a community college, it, there are services that are available. And going back to what you just said, being that yeah. responsible adult and knowing, hey, I need help. I need to go ask. How do you encourage the students who maybe come from a background where they're not used to being able to ask for Mm -hmm. support when it comes to that? And then maybe they're embarrassed that they even need a therapist to talk about whatever it might be. How do you guys work with that over there at the COC? Yeah,
1: that always happens. It's, um, you know, whether it's our culture, whether it's our family, whether it's, you know, you had a bad experience and you're too scared to reach out. um, That happens a lot where people just don't want to ask for the help. And We try and make it um, normal, we normalize it where it's a normal poster that you'll see on campus. It's the normal email you get to say, have you stopped by the health center? We have all these services available um, during our resource week, uh, which is, it's actually been this week, where uh, third week of school now, where all the clubs and organizations and resources come out to tables, well, so do our mental health professionals. And we bring out the therapy dogs, you know, on campus because that will draw people in and we can have that conversation in a very non-threatening, easygoing way. So it's about breaking down that barrier in a not confrontational, not uh, embarrassing, any, you know anything that would push a student back. We want to normalize it because it is normal to go talk to somebody. It is very mm-hmm. normal to go get the help that you need. It is very normal to be super stressed, especially around finals or midterms or a big change that has happened in your life. Um we try and really just say, no, this is this is stuff that we have for you and you should use and give you more of it, you know. So, um we try and make it just this is just what students do. This isn't something that is abnormal or that is for a small population. This is for every single student on this campus.
0: It is for every so, single student. Yeah, on that's the what campus. we try to
1: do. And right? I remember,
0: yes, and I remember you're paying for it. Yes, you, it's students part have of... to
1: remember they're paying for it. Go use it. So you pay nineteen dollars a semester at our college to be able to have the student health center. So you've already paid for the services. Go use it. Yeah. So I remember when I went to the University
0: of Florida, um, I didn't feel especially connected to the first mental health professional I got. And so I just asked for a different one. And then when that one didn't work, I just stopped going altogether.
1: And in reality, I should have just kept seeking the right connection. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And there's plenty of health mental health professionals at each campus. You might not connect with the very first one. You might not connect with the third one. It doesn't matter. You just keep coming back therapists, uh, don't take it personally when you need a different therapist. We don't don't all click with one another. We don't all make it um, perfect the first time around. So uh, don't feel bad about asking for somebody else. Definitely find the person you feel comfortable with. Going to therapy shouldn't be a stressor. You know, it shouldn't so be. And there was a really great article
0: I came across about six months ago that talked about how more millennials are going and seeking therapy, which seems really weird, for lack of a better word, that, that, to our parents. Like my my parents, right. I, mean, I have a therapist. I go see. Mm-hmm. I you know, and it's like I love them. I'm able to talk with them about things because to me they they just want my they just want positive growth for me right. in my life. They they're not coming at it from a bias perspective, or as a friend or a family member, when you say, well, what should I do in this situation? They might have a, a, a predetermined bias that you're not even aware of exactly. that causes them to give you advice in one direction. Uh, like your mom, your parents, mm-hmm. you might say, you don't know, want to change my major and I want to I get into dancing. And your mom might think that's a horrible way to make a living. You should yeah. stay in accounting. When regardless of whether it's a horrible way or not, her predetermined you know, disposition is that she wants you to be successful and comfortable in life. And so dancing probably isn't the answer. Whereas the therapist might
1: say, why do you want to dance? Exactly. (laughs) Is this your love? Is this your passion? Are you ready for that that undertaking of that journey you're going to have to do as a dancer? You know, they'll be able to walk you through that. Whereas your mom's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) So you, you definitely have to balance that. You know, when we talked
0: last time, one of the cool lines you had about the mental health and, and people seeking help was that we you know, the people on the other side of desk, the therapist, mm-hmm. you, you're, you're the same people as the student is. So just, exactly. a, just ask. And I love that you have yeah. that whole table with the sticker that says, ask me. Yes, it's,
1: exactly. And all of us wear buttons. <laughs> and it's true. It's just to break down that barrier because every single one of us was that student. All of us have been through that. All of us have seen and been through that other side. So it's just another human being. There's no um, hierarchy here. The student has the same rights, the same determination as the staff does. We were all there. So I think that it's really important to, to remember that. We had this one student, Diana, who's just absolutely one of my favorite people on this campus. And we were in a meeting about, um, how do we better our, our, the lives of our students? What do we need to do? And how do we kind of get rid of our own biases, get rid of that so that we could kind of forge the way? And she spoke up and she goes, you know, one of the things you guys have to remember is every student's here just to earn what you already earned. You already got the chance to get your bachelor's degrees. That's all we're doing. We're just trying to do the same thing. And it's kind of humbling to go, yeah, you're Right. We have to remember that we were doing the exact same thing. We were hustling just as much as those students. And it is, it's, the, we're the exact same people in different parts of times of our lives. So, yeah, come and ask for help. We want to help.
0: And I think it's that time in your life part that you yeah. stress because our society seems to have this fixation on age. And so mm-hmm. the, the young think, oh, you're old. You don't understand what's, what I'm yeah. going through. And the old are like, you have no clue what I had to go through. Right. And, in reality, we're all going through the same kind of suffering. You know, the the hormones and the puberty, and then exactly wanting to, wanting to be accepted and in and, and wanting to know what our life is going to be like, and will I have? The finances to afford a house and, and be comfortable and not be hungry like in the end we're all just cave people running around. Trying exactly. to safe.
1: <laughs> that's the truth everyone just wants to have safety and security for them and their family you know so I think that it's it's a great way to um, eliminate those barriers between students and getting the help that they need whether that's in mental health whether that's in getting classes or even just applying to the college I think that's really important.
0: And I know you think it's also uh, equally important that they really ask themselves what it is they want from this experience of going to college.
1: Exactly. So that's one of the things we're working with our freshmen right now, the students who are transitioning from high school into college or even just the workplace into college is a lot of people just continue to go to school because they don't know what else to do. Or they want to go to college, they know they want to go to college, they know they want to earn a degree, but they don't know in what or why. And so I think that it's important. One of the things in our society is we don't really stop and reflect on what we are. What do we want to do? What is it that I really am interested in? So that's kind of what we've built into our onboarding process for our students, um, especially in our, we call it Canyons Promise or First Year Promise program. Um, where it really, we build in that career exploration and to a student career exploration sounds really boring. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, who wants to sit around and explore a bunch of different careers, but really it's all about exploring you, who you are, what are your skills, interests and abilities and how do we match that to a job you're going to like? Because I, you know, I used to teach um, our very first freshman uh, counseling class. And I used to tell all the students, you know, you're what, like 18 right now. You're probably not going to be able to retire until you're about 80. And let's say you get a job after your bachelor's degree. So you're going to be about 22. So you're going to roughly work for 60 years of your life. Don't you want to do something you like? I mean, you don't want to sit there and do something you hate for 60 years because... (laughs) The retirement age is only getting higher and higher. (laughs) You know, know, you're in your 70s doing something you hate. No one wants that. So pick something you like. Do that research about yourself, who you are, your skills, abilities, and interests. There's a lot of assessments for that. You don't have to sit and contemplate in a dark room by yourself. We have professionals who help you with that. And that way you can get a job in something you actually like doing, that you really love. So, yeah, I think it's an important part of the process. It's
0: super important. I, right? I bring the, I bring this up in the book, too. It's that if you're, if you're wondering what you should be studying in college, go back to what excited you, what sparked you yes. as a child. And within the, that childhood enthusiasm you had for things, you'll find your passions, talents, skills, and hobbies. And you can turn anything that you loved as a child into a career.
1: Agreed. Absolutely agree. And you've got to have that passion for it because otherwise work gets boring real quick, (laughs) even when you love it. You know, I'm sure you have those days where you're writing your book and you're just like, I cannot write another dang word. (laughs) So it's still your passion, but it can get really daunting. So to have that spark that you want to keep going is incredibly important.
0: It's absolutely, you yeah. know, living in Los Angeles, when I first moved out here, I thought there were certain jobs, like if you were a photographer for, mm-hmm. you know, Sports Illustrated, and you got to go to all those cool sporting events, and then I started meeting these people, and they're like, yeah. dude, it's five in the morning, I got to get up, I got mm-hmm. go to go to the event, I've got to sit around for seven hours until the game actually starts, like, there's days yeah. i hate that, and it made me realize that in the end, no matter how awesome something is, you can be a musician, you can be a speaker, it does not matter, at some point, it turns into a job. Yep exactly there better
1: be something about it that fires you up yep but when you get that perfect shot of someone sliding into home being in that press box with 18 other people flashing (laughs) the camera you love it because you see your passion come to life but every single one of us has those days where it's like oh my gosh if I have to do this thing one more time
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, it's really great we're talking about this because I think instant gratification is not just a millennial thing. I think it's no, it's all of us. Yeah, anyone who has an internet connection and social media knows about instant gratification. It's societal now. It's societal now. I have seen ninety-year-olds with a cell phone just glued to it as a nine-year-old. But we have this instant gratification mentality, and so therefore we want our job to constantly be either getting up on stage and speaking or, or having that home run moment. And it's not. There are a lot of there are a lot of steps that get you to that. Home exactly. run. Exactly.
1: Yep. And when you do prep, you know, when I do my presentations, uh, like a parent information night, I've got 800 parents sitting in the performing arts center and I get to be on center stage. I absolutely love that. But I hate the 20 hours of preparation of putting in to making sure that everything is perfect for that night, because I don't want to get on that stage and not know what I'm going to say. I don't want to stand up there and look like a fool. I want to make sure that they're getting what they came to see. And that's what every performer, whether you're out Taylor Swift, or you know, you're you yeah. me standing in front of parents. You know? So there's a, whatever your passion is, whatever you're excited about, there's a lot of stuff that goes into making sure it's it's a viable option for you. And that's, that's what I want to get students to start thinking about and start like really planning out in their life of what are you willing to to do for twenty hours to get to that one thing you absolutely yes want. yes what are you willing to do
0: but all college everybody lo- likes music and so just think about you know what how many times a musician must have had to practice that one particular song mm-hmm. oh oh here's a good example I went and saw Cirque du Soleil's Volta last night mm-hmm. and- oh. It's amazing. Sure, that was amazing. Oh my goodness, what these people do. And there was this trampoline thing they did for about 15 minutes where these 10 people bounced off these gigantic trampolines like 50 feet up in the air and did amazing flips and spins. And I remember thinking, how many not just days, but how many months, Right. how many 250 hours of of doing that same trampoline trick so that it would look amazing in front of me for 15 minutes. And now they're going to, and they have to perform this many times. And I'll tell you if they would have messed up, it would, it could have gone very, very bad. Right. But for all yes. of those people, it's like a Michael Phelps thing. You know how many miles he had to swim mm-hmm. in, the, in, in, the, in the darkness before he got to, to be around the brightness of the lights. And so for y'all listening out there, just realize that there's a lot of hard work that mm-hmm. went into Michael Phelps winning Olympic gold seven times in order for him to get the flashbulbs and the sponsors and the fame that we all so now willingly give.
1: Exactly. And it's, you know, I was a history major. I absolutely loved learning about history and I hated it in high school hated it with a passion because it's so boring you just Mm -hmm. learn president after president after president and who did the cotton gin and you know it's just not but when I went to college now it was taught to me in such a different way that I'm like oh my gosh you have to learn history in order to understand where we are in society now I get it right that light bulb went off but then I'm also now a history major what do I do (laughs) What job do I have? I never contemplated what was it that I wanted to do with that major before I majored in it. And I think that students really should take that time to figure that out. I would have never told you I was going to be a dean when I was going through my history degree, but I am. And you have so many opportunities of what you can do with your different majors. Maybe a good writer, made me somebody who can really study and research and really try to find answers. And that really helps in my job. So I think that those kind of um, self-reflection, kind of doing those assessments early, help you get on that track and give you a a leg up in trying to get what you want to do.
0: You make such an amazing point right there, Jasmine, because you took all of these skill sets that you learned from different classes, mm-hmm. different principles that you took on from different experiences and projects, and then you accumulated them all into something that you couldn't even... You, there's no way you could have seen this coming 19
1: years ago. No. So. Exactly. No way. I, w- I, I probably would have laughed at you had you said that.
0: <laughs> right? And so, and, and so <laughs> what a great experience for you yeah. to be able to pass on to these, t- to these exactly. students. Like, look, you... Just do things you like, get involved, learn all of these cool skills. I mean, when I went and thought I was going to become a sports broadcaster, I started picking up in a tremendous amount of skills. And now here I am using it in a completely right. different way than I ever thought. Yeah. But yet it's still similar and it still sparks me. And about,
1: again, 20 years ago, wouldn't have thought this is where I would have ended up. Exactly. And I think that that being open to those new experiences helps you. To cultivate that and find what it is you actually love about it. So, and that's what college does for you. You know, everyone complains why do I have to take an art history class? Why do I have to take this type of class? Why do I? And it's because of that breath that's going to give you those skill sets that's going to take you through to beyond what the one thing you're studying is. You know, if you're trying to go to school to be an engineer, You need that history class. You need that art history. You need those other, you know, natural sciences uh, type classes because that's going to give you that well-roundedness that now you can work with people. Now people want to work with you. Now you can actually do the sales that goes into that. So I think those are all important skills you pick up along the way and you don't really realize it until you're through it.
0: You don't. You don't realize how cool it was to have learned what you learned mm-hmm. until all of a sudden you need to go do something and you're like, wait, I, I, I already have this that. skill. Right. Mm-hmm. Or I have a, enough of a foundation that I can go right? on YouTube and I can watch a video of somebody else doing it. And I'm like, oh,
1: wait. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, well, right,
0: I understand. Cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. There's so much for students now to get into, into Excel in college. And there's just as many opportunities for them to get aid, to help afford it. Right. In our our last conversation, we really talked a lot about the opportunities out there for people to be able to get into school, but also being savvy with your finances Mm -hmm. so that you don't leave you know, junior college, community college, $40,000 in debt. And
1: exactly. I want to
0: hear your thoughts on that before we get you out of here, because I, this is really important, I think, that kids understand at a young age um, how important their finances are and how important that credit score is. And if you you don't do well with it at 18 to 22, you'll spend the next 15 years trying yes. to fix it.
1: <laughs> and that was one of the best parts of our conversation last time, too, was, <laughs> you know, both of us went to college at a time where the the credit card companies would line up outside of, you know, all your dorms and all your different halls and you'd get a free t-shirt or a free towel or whatever to sign up for all these credit cards. And none of us knew what our credit score was, but I got a free towel and now I have 500 bucks on a card to go spend. And then mm-hmm. we dug ourselves out of that for many, many years. Luckily now that's illegal for credit card companies to come on our campuses and solicit to students. Um, but now students are taking out student loans to do that, Right it's really expensive to go to college. We all agree with that. In California, we're blessed because our tuition at a community college is $46 a unit. So those of you out across the country listening to this, you know that that is pretty cheap. Um, but that's because the California taxpayers supplement for it. So I like to tell students that you know, the real true cost of education is usually around $300 a unit. Um, but the taxpayer supplement. So it's not that it's becoming cheaper or it has less value. It's that your state has decided to invest in you. They have decided that your education means more to the economy, to the greater good of the state of California than spending it on something else. Um, And that's true along with our canyon's promise program now everyone's talking about making college free right getting rid of tuition making sure that it's um, free for students to go to college i don't I don't really like saying it's free because it's not there are people paying for it so for our canyon's promise our students um, their tuition their student fees their parking um, their we give supplemental for books. We give supplemental for for printing, that kind of stuff. Somebody's paying for that. And in the state of California, they have decided we're going to try and make first two years for first two years of college free, but the taxpayers are paying for it. So instead of saying it's free, we say somebody has invested in your education. Your tuition is paid for. By somebody else in our community at at College of the Canyons, our communities donated over $500,000 to support that, to ensure that our Canyons Promise students have their tuition covered. So when I'm doing the presentations, I'm really reinforcing that your tuition is paid for. It's not free. Somebody has invested in that for you. Somebody said, no, it's more important for me to spend my money for you to go to college than it is for something else. And so don't think that free means cheap, that free means, you know, it's not worthy because I don't want you to walk away thinking, ah, no big deal. So what? So I dropped out. Know that when you make that decision, somebody just invested all that money in you. And I think that then you have value in it and you're realizing, gosh, this is very valuable that somebody would want to do that. That the state of California, that, you know, the federal government is deciding this, that we would rather spend the money in you and, and give you that higher education. So that's my spiel. I like to give, but I really feel like we can't say free. It's, it's definitely paid for.
0: Yes. It's definitely not free. Florida bright. does uh, bright. I, I assume they still do it. It's been a while since I've been back there and, and done research on this, but they call theirs bright futures and, uh-huh. You know, and pretty much if you've got good grades and you maintain that GPA throughout your college experience, you will get to maintain that. And it's a scholarship. And perhaps, mm-hmm. and you know, guys out there, you're listening to this, think of it more of as, as a scholarship than yeah. school free. I mean, I, I I'm a firm believer that everyone has to have a skin in the game to fully yes. appreciate what's happening. So even if you get reimbursed your money down the line, I feel like you should have to pay money at the beginning. It's like, okay, if you get all A's, you get a certain percentage back all the way down to, you know, if anything past a C and you should not have to pay double, but yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, you know, you signed up for the class, you know, don't, don't go, oh, I'll sign up. And if I don't like it, I'll drop it. That's a spot. I remember this happened at you uh-huh. have so many times, especially the 300, 400 level classes, yep. I, there would be so few spots. And then, you know, two months into the semester, there would be empty seats. And I'm like, yeah. somebody, somebody else wanted that spot. You just so flippantly took, and now you've dropped out. And now somebody else has to wait another semester for this class. Exactly. It, it's affecting people. And so you've got to, you've got to appreciate what's,
1: what's in front of you. Yeah, exactly. And and we talked a little bit about that, too, is appreciating being in this uh, community of higher education. You know, you have entered into a, an agreement that, you know what, we're, we're putting education first so that that way we can change you and your generations behind you. So take it seriously. And, and really, you have that responsibility to not only yourself, but to those who are who are paying for you to be there. And It's a a beautiful relationship and it will um, really put the person who's getting the education in a really good spot in their life, but also the college because we get to continue that mission of providing that higher education to everybody. So it's a win-win.
0: Oh, yeah. And it's got to feel amazing, too, to watch these students come in, you know, so naive and blind Mm -hmm. to what the system's going to be, what the experience is going to look like. And then you see them two, four, six years later, and it's like they've blossomed into this young adult,
1: right? ah. When they walk across the stage to get their degree, their diploma in hand, and they're super proud of what they were able to accomplish. When I knew that student two years ago, shy and uncertain about their future, it's amazing. That transformation that can happen in two years is amazing.
0: It cannot be overlooked. It's like, exactly. really, just sink your teeth into the opportunities in front of you and just know. It's like I look back, I think all all humans look back and they're like, boy, if I'd have known then, yeah. or I know now. And it's exactly. You'll like, do that from nineteen to eighteen. You think that was a big leap? I assure yeah. you, it, it, the leaps just keep getting more.
1: <laughs> yep. Exactly. It's so true. And and the fun thing is, is that you can look back and I wish I had done, I wish I had done, but then you wouldn't be where you are today. And so I just feel like each of these little learning steps, I just wish people would appreciate it while they're in it. Um, Really being that being present.
0: Being present, being mindful, and seeing the value and the experiences, all of them, the, yeah. the ups and the downs and the ebbs and the flows, every single one of those experiences is going to build you character and it's going to cement principles and positive resources into you. And it's like college, really, to me, is I think about it, it's like the ability to manage your time, follow through on a project understand the resources that are around you and utilize them in order to have the best outcome possible. And you learn all of that. And then one day you go on and you're, you think that, wow, I've just always known how to do this. And it's like, but you didn't.
1: Yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. You're going to build upon yourself every single class you take, every single unit you finish, and every single year that you complete. It's just, it's a beautiful thing.
0: We are going to get you out of here on this question. It's one of my favorites to ask. Imagine that every student could hear this final answer. What is the one message that you would want them to take from your experiences in 19 years of working at the COC Mm -hmm. or your experience in college? Like, what is that one message that you would want them to know about what it is they're going through right now?
1: Oh, gosh! I only get one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know it's working. and I'm putting Put your... up the spot. <laughs> exactly. No, I really do um would love people to just slow down, be present, and really appreciate what they're going through and learning because a lot of times we feel overwhelmed and stressed by what we're going through, but just sit back, take that breath, and just feel like you're part of a higher education community, you're now. Um, doing things that, that many, many other people can't or won't do. And um, I think that just just enjoy that. Really sit back and enjoy that. And then ask for help when you need it, because we're here.
0: That's awesome. I, really that that to, to stop and smell the roses yeah. when, when we're when we're little kids we just want to rush to be to be adults because then we can do whatever we want and uh, mm-hmm. by the way you don't get to do whatever yeah, exactly. you want
1: <laughs> and if you do it costs a lot of money yeah it costs a
0: ton of money <laughs> and then we get to then we get to high school all I want to do is get out and go to college we get to college all I want to do is go out and get a job and buy a house and get married and then before you know it you're 50 years old and your kids are going to college and you're like what happened to How all the did- t- Happen. Yes,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> so slow down, be mindful, be present in the experience and just enjoy it for what it is. Because yep. don't worry, time will keep moving. And one day you'll wish you were still in college or you'll be like Jasmine and I, and you will just stay in it forever. Exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> one of the things I, I'm going to, I'm jumping in with one last thing and I know please, that you want to go, but I'm going oh, to, um, one of the things people are always saying, well, I can't start yet. I can't because this is happening or life is happening. These two years, these four years, these six years are going to pass no matter what. You're going to live those six years. Why not just get the education done in that time? Because you'll always look back and go, I wish I would have started then. I wish I would have started two years ago. So just start. That's that's another big thing. Just start. That is literally principle number four. Take action in my right. Book.
0: It's like the Chinese proverb, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Second best time
1: today. (laughs) Now, right now.
0: (laughs) Right now, pick up the guitar, ask that person out, start putting a dollar a day away. Like whatever it is you want to do, if you prioritize it in your life and just say every day, I'm going to do five minutes towards it. I'm telling you, you'll be way far ahead. And then, you know what, when when all the conditions are perfect, when all the lights are green, that's when I'll leave my house and and that's when I'll go on that journey. Because then, Perfect. Well, that
1: doesn't never. It happen. never gets there. <laughs> yep, that's the
0: truth. I could have this conversation go for another two hours. <laughs> me too.
1: Me too. I love this.
0: I really do. Thank you. Well, so when much. you decide
1: you want to co-host, just give me a
0: call. Yeah. You know, we might <laughs> we might have to work on bringing you back every couple months and just diving into more awesome conversations. Oh, you really, I would love it. You've talked about doing your own podcast. I think that I have. I want to. <laughs> I think you are a natural.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I just, I love your topic. I absolutely love that you're doing this for students, and just keep up the great work. I can't wait till your book comes out. I drive by your campus on the regular. I will
0: swing by. I will. I will We've uh, got to have lunch. Yes, I, I love. <laughs> I love where this is going. Guys, <laughs> we are out there. We are making plans, and you are a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. This could keep going, but I have to say this. I remember back in college and I just felt like I was just walking around with my head up my tukish, and I'm not I'm not so sure I would have listened to you I know right. I didn't listen to Sandra my my mm-hmm. my, my advisor I'm not even sure to listen to somebody like me but it's just the fact that it, this information's out there we live in this information age I think it's amazing that you know you guys are out there at the COC and, and all of All of the universities Mm -hmm. are just putting so much effort. And, you know, you never know when you're going to say that one thing to that kid that's going to spark them and their life could go in a whole different direction. And I may not have listened to you Mm -hmm. back then, but you could have said one thing that could have made me think, you know what? Should I go out and get drunk the night before finals? No. Right. (laughs) Maybe I should value this education. Maybe not. Yeah, and I should stay in and I should get good grades and then I'll reward myself. So yep. it's what fuels me wanting to do this show is that there's just not going to be that one student out there who makes a different decision. I don't even yep. know what that decision is, but it'll be a different decision. And they may not even remember that that was when the forks shifted. Exactly. But exactly. I don't
1: know whose path we're changing and on what day, but I'm just going to keep trying because I absolutely love it.
0: Absolutely love it. Ah, oh, what a great way to end the show. Jasmine Rise, you have been Dr. Jasmine Rise. Let's not forget oh. about that dissertation. I know.
1: It yeah, did take a while. <laughs>
0: <laughs> One day we'll do a dissertation show and we'll, yes. we'll tell everybody how exciting and amazing that writing those things
1: are. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's that's a dry podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know with you, I can feel your smile through the microphone. Oh, uh, well, I feel like you. I feel like you and I could make dissertations exciting.
1: I, I feel like I could. I, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> uh, I think you could.
0: I really do. Um, for all of you out there who have enjoyed this podcast, please, by all means, uh, hit me up on social media. Let me know what you've thought about Dr. Jasmine Rise. If there's any questions you have, please DM me or leave the, leave the comments uh, wherever you normally would. Uh, as always, please be inclusive, not exclusive. Be kind to one another and always remember the power of positive energy. Release it and your life will flow. Thank you so much for your time today and we will see you next week. Bye-bye you <laughs>